Last week, uh, I began by, with chapter 4 from at verse 1, and just kind of give a, 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 a kind of a re- recap. Uh, one of the main things that we found out is that, uh, that we're here is that you can, have, you can have quarrels and fights and squabblings within the church. And I know that there was many people shocked to find that out, but it is possible that, that it can happen. And, uh, but the, the, what, the, what the Bible tell, told us straight up was all the wars and the fightings on it that without are actually from wars and fightings that go on within, within the person, within us. We, we struggle with our own inner self, okay? And so, therefore, <clears throat> a lot of the, the, uh, the things that we, we, struggles that we have, and, the, and, 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 and James, is, James is addressing, listen now, James is addressing believers. I mean, that's, that's his target. Now, he's like me or anyone else. He doesn't know who the true believer could be or not be. Or there's a lot of people that can, you know, there's tares that look like wheat. Amen? You all understand what I'm saying? But this, what he, who he's talking to, who this is, is to believers. That's what he's talking about. Those that know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. And so he's telling them, but within your church, within your, 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 your congregation where you meet, the people that come together. And I thank God for the church. I thank God for y'all. Amen? I love y'all. How about y'all? Y'all love me? It's good to be, be together and to come together uh, weekly or, or as often as we come together, you know, it says don't don't forsake doing that. We need each other, but we sure we but we don't need to come together and half of us get in one corner and the other in the other corner and wait for the bell to ring. You know what I mean? Yeah, we don't. Churches don't need to be that way, but this is the, but it happens. And I listen now, and I made this plain last week. I don't know I don't know why the Lord has me here. I think He's got me here for me. And I have to deal with this, okay? I deal with it. I mean, there's things within me. And I understand that the, a lot of the problems that I, that I stress, stress with or deal with on the outside is from, from things that I don't handle within myself. I mean, I, I know that. I understand that. And so I think it would help us all to realize that, just that right there, that it's from the lust that war within your members, within, like Paul was talking about. So that we, to... To address these problems, the best thing to do is to address yourself. In other words, that's what, I, what I'm trying to get around to. But I also looked up in the, the, the scriptures right above this uh, chapter 4 where it talks about two kinds of wisdom. One, com- one comes from above and one doesn't. One, one is earthly and sensual and devilish. You know, the other comes from the Lord. And it's, it, they're different. They are different. But what he is telling these folks is that you believers here at the church and the things that you are allowing to go on and the way you're doing things, you look like the one that ain't coming from above. Okay? So, but we're, we're talking about believers though, right? So in my mind, I mean, I, this is me, folks. I, I, I've studied this and wrestled with it and looked at it because it's, it speaks to me. I mean, Nathan. Nathaniel said something Sunday night about that I had told him. He said something that was profound. I don't know that it was profound, but it was, it was me trying to tell the truth. I figure if I'm up here trying to tell you something that ain't really speaking to me or in my heart, you know, that I, you know all, all I'm doing is giving information, that ain't much. But I, I, it's better when I'm here and I'm preaching what God is doing to me. 
What, what, I mean, what's happening to me? What he's saying to me? That I'm, that I'm looking at these things. That, hey, I'm a believer. But I'm a believer that can act you know, like a non-believer. Amen? I, and I'm talking to me. I'm talking to me. And so I, 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 I look at it like that, and, and I realize that this, this is serious business. And listen, folks, I would, I would much rather be a part of a church that don't fuss and squabble and fight a lot, you know, okay? I mean, we've got our problems. We're all individuals, we've got our problems. But I would rather be a part of a church that knows that and recognizes it and says, yeah, i got a problem and I need to deal with me, and that's who I need to be concerned with, and we all t- take care of our own back porch. Y'all with me still? And so... Uh, James is, 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 is putting out some good stuff here that's serious, and he gets into to how, how to do it and how to take care of it and things of that nature. And so <clears throat> we, we move right on down, and, he's, and he, one of the things that he said was that, you know, these the fight on the outside comes from the inside, but it comes because what you're wanting on the inside, your own desires, you're not getting them. Because you're, you're, you're operating out of your own flesh. Prayer ain't even concerned. You ain't even concerned about prayer. It says you don't get it because you, you, you don't even go and ask. You don't even go and ask. You, you, prayer's not in it. And I'll guarantee you, and I said it, when you have, when you have problems within inner church, whatever, I, it, most likely I, there, nobody there is really praying or seeking the Lord on the stuff. Those are, these are just things that, like I say, the Lord's telling, speaking it. Me. And then he says, if, when you do decide to come and, and pray and ask, all you do is you come and pray for what you want so that you can heap it on yourselves, whatever that may be. And I mean, you know, by praying, Lord, help those, help, help those dumb people that want to bring in that pink carpet. Because I, I, want, I want that that blends in with the seeds. And that pink ain't going to do it. And I, you know, I, I mean... I'm talking a little something like that, but folks, the principles are the same no matter if it's something insignificant as far as I'm concerned or if it's something that's major. Take care of yourself. Look at yourself. Amen? We learned that. And so <clears throat> he said these, what you, how you look and, 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 the, and who, the people he's addressing and the stuff that you're doing and he's, he's telling them where it's coming from and all those type of things. Then he moves into verse 4, and that's where we are tonight, at verse 4. So let's, let's pick up in verse 4 and work through here two or three of these verses. And uh, so the very first thing here says, no, uh, uh, verse 4 says, Ye adulterers and adulteresses. Adulterers and adulteresses. I don't know, I, th- th- that seems harsh to me. Does that seem harsh? How many of y'all been called an adulterer lately? And if you were, was wanting to stand up and say it ain't so. Huh? That's what James called him. Folks, this is God's word. This ain't, this ain't me up here playing no game. This is God's word. And God's word called these, he called these believers adulterers and adulteresses. Am I right so far? I didn't think God liked none of that. That's what he called them. Is that right? He called unbelievers that. I mean, believers. He called believers that. Yes, he did. He's calling believers that. In my mind, I'm saying, oh, well, then people like that, they're not, they're not believers. Listen, folk. An unbeliever ain't married to the Lord. An unbeliever don't commit adultery. 
You know, God, God often spoke in the Old Testament. He, he, he would call Israel his wife. Uh, let me just hit that real quick. It says, Surely as a wife treacherously departed from her husband, so have ye dwelt, dealt treacherously with me, O house of Israel, saith the Lord. You've, you, you've walked away from me. The same principles there are the same principles that apply to believers today. Are you following the Lord? Are you a child of God? These were God's children. He had chosen them. I'm, I'm God's child, but how am I living that? Well, how do, am I doing a lot like they are? He's like, so he said, if you, if you want to act like they acted, then that's the reason James can call you what God called them, the doctors. Because see, it's also the, uh, he said, For thy maker is thine husband, the Lord of hosts is his name, and thy redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, the God of the whole earth shall he be called. If you're a believer, you're wed to him. Y'all know about Christ and the church, our, the bride, right? Okay, so in order to, it's, if you're not married to somebody, if that's not, then it's not, it's not adultery. So an unbeliever's not married to the Lord. So it's, he's, not, he's not talking about unbelievers here. Who's he talking about? He's talking about people like Eddie Griffith. An adulterer, an adulteress. Because, because you are not where you need to be with the one you belong to. Am I, y'all still with me? Great. And so it's a question that we, that we have to ask ourselves, and I, this is what I title it, man. Whose friend are you? Hey, Eddie, whose friend are you? If people look at Eddie Griffiths, who would they say he's a friend of more or less? The Lord or this world? Who does he look like? Where does he spend his time? Where's most of his mind and thoughts at? My, it is quiet in here tonight. I am nervous. It's just a question. But folks, don't you think it's important? Listen, the church is in bad shape. The church doesn't affect anything in this world hardly at all in the situation it's in right now. But we got to say, yeah. Now listen, i got a lot of stuff within me. I don't know if I can get it all shook out here tonight or not. But one thing is I think about that because y'all have heard me preach here in, just recently about the things that are happening and how churches are going to be jammed in a corner sooner or later and you're going to have to stand up and say what's true. Although the ones ain't going to want to hear it and they may try to do whatever they can to bring you harm or damage if you stand up for the truth, okay? <clears throat> And, and, and it's a sad and it's, a, it's shameful that God's church can't stand up and be a force. But the truth of the matter is, they can, but it's the true believers who are not living adulterous lives. Are y'all still with me? You don't change the world by acting like the world. You know who you belong to. You belong to the Lord. In other words, I just, and I wrote this, in other words, the believer is unfaithful and has become fond. That fond is friendship. I went and looked it up. It just means that that's what you're fond of. You've become fond of this world. You've become fond 
of being with someone, staying with someone, spending time with someone other than the one who you belong to. Okay, I, I, want, I want Tonda to stay with me. I want to spend time with me. Amen? How y'all? Y'all, y'all with me there? I, I, ain't, I ain't really in the sharing business there. Okay? That ain't that. And that's, what, that's the way God says I hear. That's what he is. And so he, it's that, let me ask you this. Would it kind of be a serious matter to you if there was something like that happening in your own personal life? Well, do you think that this, but that, do you think that's a serious here? That for unbelievers, where they are, what they're, what they're, what, I mean, believers, what believers are allowing to be in their life and where they go, where they're living and what they're doing and what they're enjoying, what they're fond of and the one they belong to, they, they forgot his name. My goodness. I didn't think I'd be there that long. <clears throat> But listen to me, ye adulterers and adulteresses, you believers who are fond of being where you're with somebody that you don't belong to, know ye not that the friendship, the fondness of this world is enmity with God? Should we be concerned about that? A statement like that? Should that really matter to, I mean, folks, I'm under grace. So I really don't need to, I don't have to worry about that. Is anybody here buying that? Something's wrong. How many of y'all would say grace is a wonderful thing? I thought more of y'all would agree with that. Grace is a wonderful thing. Man. Grace, grace comes from the one that a believer belongs to. It was that grace that made you a believer. But oh, how sad it is that most think that it's okay to just live with whoever I want to. It doesn't work like that. There's no blessings in that. There's no, there's no power in that. There's no life changing anything in that. Amen? There's not. It's, a, it's just a fact of if you belong to Him, live it, act like it. Get your arms from around the neck of this world. Hmm. I wouldn't like me if I was y'all. The fondness of this world is enmity with God. Listen, I just wrote down, having an affair with the world places you and me at enmity with God. How many think you'd like to be there? Huh? You want to be there? Whose friend are you? That tells me where you are. Whose friend are you? How does your, your life your friend, the place that you're fond of. Oh, God help us that it's, it's the Lord. 
it's his word. It's his precious Holy Spirit. It's what we live and breathe for. This world is not my home. Everything that I can amass and obtain in this world, Paul says, is rubbish. It means nothing. And yet I hang on to it and I love on it and every now and then I'll kiss it. Golly. I just believe what I'm saying is true. I believe it's true. It doesn't matter if we like it or if it feels good. God's God and His Word's truth. I'm preaching God's Word. Oh, but how we want to just Slip everything under the grace of God and it's okay. I can't preach that to you because that ain't good for you. Grace is a wonderful thing. But you can't, you can't live like that because you forfeit God's blessing. And I got to move on. I got to move on. Enmity. You, you place yourself in enmity with God. Now listen to enmity, the word. And, and I, went, I looked at the, the dictionary, but I also looked at the word in the Hebrew. But it, it just says a deep-seated hatred. You know, it, well, it, it don't mean that. Well, I don't know. I mean, every the word enmity and the word enemy, they're pretty close to the same, a little different, but both of them had the word hatred in their Greek definition. Yeah, but it don't mean that. Well, what does it mean? God never... He never, he, never, he never buddies up with this world. Did you know that? He never says, well, I'll just take on a little bit. I'll allow a little bit of what they, the world does to be around me. That ain't going to happen. Hey, God loves you. He loves us. He loves His creation. But He hates sin. And though you might be an adulterer, He ain't going there. He ain't going there. So you can be there if you want to, but he didn't follow you. So you place yourself in opposition to him. Does that, do do y'all think I'm still on the right track? Yeah. Yeah. You say, yeah, but Ed, we're talking about believers. Can believers be in opposition to God? Well, were the Israelites in opposition to God? Did they suffer when they would not do what God said? Did they suffer? Do you think believers will suffer today when they do not do what God says and allow in their life this world and be influenced by this world and allow the things that He said, I'm not going to be a part of that. Do you think that, that, that will cause you problems? Do you think that might cause you some problem in your family? Do you think that there's families in turmoil because believers, believers' family in turmoil because every now and then they just reach over there and just love on this world. Does that make sense? Listen, folk. I'm preaching to Eddie. Okay? I'm preaching to Eddie. I got my problems. Are y'all, are y'all willing to admit y'all got some? I got my problems. But I serve a good God that tells me that the best thing for me to do is to stay with Him. Oh, I'm a believer, and I'm I'm His child. And I'm not talking about somebody walking away from God and losing salvation or anything. But if you belong to Him, there's a way to live. 
and to not live it forfeits things and brings things, it brings, brings things on you because you just do it. It's out there. This world, you, a Christian doesn't find blessings in this world. This world leaves you empty. There's nothing there. There's nothing there. Spiritual adultery, it goes on to say here, whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. I know, I know that reads, reads hard, and, and, and we, if we're not careful, we'll try to, we'll try to you know, powder it up where it'll smell a little better. But the Word says what it says. He's talking to believers that have allowed themselves to not care about the Lord that much, but they're really fond of this world, and it shows. It shows! That's the thing! That's the reason you can't tell the difference in a believer and a non-believer in this world hardly anymore. There's so many people are, oh yeah, I'm a believer. And, you, and the stuff that they're allowing, and they keep grinding. And re- you, reckon you find these people say, yeah, I'm a believer, but you know, I guess it's okay if people want to do that. That's their business. Are y'all with me? Where do, where, do, where, do, where do you stop? Where do you stand up and say, no? This is the way God said live. This is what God expects. How many of y'all kind of in your, down deep in your heart, kind of want to do what God expects? You know, I would think it's crazy not to, to want to do what God expects. And so he goes on. And I just wrote down, spiritual adultery is synonymous. I run across this, thought it was good. Spiritual adultery is synonymous with being an enemy of God. I don't like that. I don't like the thoughts of being an enemy of God. But what did the Bible say? Spiritual adultery means that you're not faithful to the Lord. It's like being an enemy of God. It's synonymous with being an enemy of God. I, the reason I'm preaching that is because I don't want to be there. I don't, want to, I don't want to live like, I don't want to be there. I don't want to get sucked into it little by little by little until eventually I find myself there. And, 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 and what's worse is that I find myself there saying that it's okay. That it's okay. No, it's not okay. You may have got to the place where you're comfortable with it, but God ain't. He ain't comfortable with it. He says, I ain't there. You're on the other side over there. That's what I'm against. You're opposed to me and what I, what I have told you and what I've expected from you. And listen, folks. Listen, I'm not... And you, got, you, have to, you, have to, you have to keep this thing balanced out because we are talking about believers, I believe. He's telling people who truly know Him, sons and daughters of the living God, who would allow themselves to be adulterers and adulteresses with this world. And it's, it's heartbreaking. And it's serious. It's serious. When you look at these words, <clears throat> we find ourselves in opposition to God. Boy, I, that's wild. As actually, the NIV, when it got, talked about the enemy of God, it, I think it uses the word, it, it puts you in hatred toward God. If y'all got any, any, any NIVs in here, does it say something about hatred 
toward God there in verse uh, 4. I believe it is. Yeah. Hatred towards God. Wow. I mean, to me, th that's worth me looking at, I believe. And as a pastor and a preacher, I think it's worth me preaching to God's people. To God's people. Okay, I, like I said, I had a lot of stuff stirring up within me, but I have to go back to where I quit a while ago. But I was talking about the church and it, it, the, the influence that it's just seemingly like not, not any. And, you know, <clears throat> we've heard the, I've heard, we've heard, if you, you get on the internet and you listen to things, you'll hear this the church has lost. They've lost the battle. They've lost, the, the, the church has lost the battle over homosexuality. They have lost. They don't have a voice. And if they have a voice and if they use it, they're going to get shut down because the church is lost. Let me assure you, folks, the church ain't lost. God ain't lost. True believers ain't lost. But what you need to do is to examine yourself. Who am I? Where am I? Where do I stand here? But I ain't worried about it. I ain't worried. Too many times, man, God, God's, church is going to, God's church is going to rise. God's church is going to rise up. Listen, folks, the only thing is, is I want to be known as one of those that helped it rise. It's coming. It will happen sooner or later. I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to show up and stand before my Savior in, in an adulterous relationship oh he'll love me but won't it be embarrassing huh Whew. I don't know this this is hurting me y'all mm -hmm. mm. James is powerful James is powerful but it's true verse 5 verse 5 this is one it says do ye think that the scripture saith in vain, the spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy? If you got any, if you got a study Bible or something like that, you'll probably see where they, there's all kind of different views. There's three. There's three main views of uh, interpretation on that particular scripture right there. Just what Paul, what James was talking about. What was he talking about? And I, so I, I want to put this out. And I, so, and I, I got my opinion, and you, you can read commentary or different opinion. You can get whatever you think is fine, but. One of the first, one, number one interpretation here is that God jealously longs for our faithfulness and love. That's, they, that's what they, how they interpret that scripture. That God jealously longs. And if you, I think your NIV probably is going to use words like that it, it envies intensely. The spirit that dwells in us envies intensely. So they, they use the spirit there to pull it back, they, they pull it back to, and make the spirit say, uh, be God. I mean, that God fits that there. And that he does, that he, he, he longs for our faithfulness. He's jealous in that way. He envies, he envies that jealous, envious type word there that God's jealous for us. The second thing here was that they actually said the spirit was the Holy Spirit. And some commentators said, if, that's, if that is, that's the only mention in the whole book of James of the, the, the Holy Spirit. Okay, this... But he says the Holy Spirit longs jealously, jealously for our full devotion. That, 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 you know, the, using the things like how, how we can uh, uh, hurt the, uh, uh, the Holy Spirit, that sort of thing. And, but the third one here, and I, and I, and I kind of like this because we keep it in what we're talking about. We keep it here 
lined up that we're looking, we're looking at us and the problems that we have on the inside. And what, but it's, it's, it says, uh, the, the words, the Spirit he, see, he, he calls to live in us, that phrase there is, alludes to God's creation of Adam. And whenever he breathed into Adam, and he became a living soul, that Spirit that came into Adam, but because of the fall, because of the fall, that Spirit, a person's Spirit, Envies intently. In other words, it's the spirit within us that is flawed. You can't depend on yourself, is what you you can do things and you do it out of your own self, out of your own spirit, but you've got a flawed spirit because of the fall. And we all have to say, that's right. I believe we have to say it's true. And that's keeping, I think, keeping it within what how how he's laying this out. We have a problem inside, so don't, don't you go there. I mean, that's what he said. It's a problem within your members. It's the spirit. It's the fall. You're, you're flawed. You, hey, you can't make good godly choices out of that spirit. You better lean on God. Eddie, you better lean on God. I don't care. You lean on God. Hey, what the, what the, God, man. First, over here in the first chapter of James, of Verse 5, if any of you lack wisdom, hey, we were talking about, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, which giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. If any, I need wisdom. I can't, I can't lean on me. I've got a flawed spirit inside. I make stupid decisions. I think bad thoughts. That's me. That's who I am. So that's the reason I have to pray and call on God to lead and guide me or I will act like this world and my wisdom will be a wisdom that is sensual and devilish, not the wisdom that comes from above. As verses 17 and 18 said in the preceding chapter. So I, so I run across this and I said, man, this, this lays it out good. Listen, listen. The natural inclination of the Spirit especially when unguarded from the temptations of this world, is to envy. That's what, that's what it is. That's the reason the little two-year-old snatches his toy and says, mine. That's the reason that if you don't, that, if that other two-year-old don't give it to him, he'll get bit. I envies Intensely. How many of y'all feel like that dwells in you? I don't like to admit it, but it dwells in Eddie. And the best thing for Eddie to do is to realize that and admit it. And I can live a whole lot better life right here on this life, on this side. I know where I'm going, but I want to live the way I'm supposed to live on this side. I want to experience the blessing of God on this side. I want to make a difference on this side. I want to be a part of that church that rises up when it gets dark. Amen? It goes on to say, without, without active faith. Remember Paul, you remember what James says? A faith that ain't got nothing, ain't got no words, ain't got no action, is a dead faith. And he says, can that kind of faith save you? It's serious, isn't it? Can, yeah, you, you can say you got faith, but what is it doing? 
without active faith, making prayerful requests for wisdom, like I just read from, from, from God, you will be at the mercy of your most base desires. Anybody want to say amen? <clears throat> well, I do. Amen! Amen! That's where I, I'm at the mercy of my base desires if I'm leaning on anything other than God. If I'm asking for wisdom anywhere other than God's wisdom. That's the reason we make bad mistakes. That's the reason we fuss and fight. That's the reason we hurt people. That's the reason we say things we said, I wish I hadn't said it. It's all that because that's your base self. And that's what comes out. You, that's just the way it is. Stay with the Lord. With the one you belong to. Boy, y'all tough. I just believe it's truth. I, it's, that is just simple truth. That's who we are. And we can never forget that. Never forget it. See, there's been a many, many a pastor, church worker, that has made some horrible mistakes because they forgot that. That's who we are. And you know what? Do <clears throat> you know what that is whenever I was the only one that said amen? Because I know my own base, base desires, <clears throat> low living desires that's within me. It's good to, it's good to realize that. It's good to, to not, not, not to forget that. <laughs> because there's grace for people like that. Hmm. Mm-mm-mm. So I believe I, that's a pretty good that's a pretty good interpretation of that verse is that he's addressing the still what's within us and that it envies intensely. It's uh, that's what it is. And <clears throat> if you if you lean if you if you try to use your own self, just who you are, and your own sweet self and your own perfect personality and all of these things that God blessed you with and you're just, that's who you are and I couldn't do nothing wrong if I tried. If you want to lean on that, that I just, I, you know, I, I would never do the things that I've seen done or all, I, that just ain't in me. Well, I, if that sounds good, but it just don't seem like you're reading from the Bible. We want to go there. We want to think that. Y'all, I'm just preaching to Eddie and about him. That's all I can tell you. But I know myself. <clears throat> but then verse 6, and then, and then this is another reason I think that's probably a pretty good interpretation because of what it says in verse 6 then. It says, but he, but, <laughs> but he giveth more grace. But he giveth more grace. How I many of y'all like grace? It's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Let me, let me hustle here. A lot of folks uh, kind of felt like James and Paul probably didn't, they didn't, they didn't, they kind of served a different God or something. They kind of wrote things a little differently. God, Paul was high on grace. He, 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 he preached on grace hard. What did James just say right there? But he gave us more grace. 
It's the same thing. It's the same idea as Romans 5.20 where it says, Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. In other words, the law came to show that you're offensive, that you have offended this, you have broken this, and you've done it a bunch. It abounds. <laughs> it abounds. The offense abounds. But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Thank God for that. Amen? Man, we can give God praise for that. Thank God that grace much more abounded. <clears throat> I'm, I'm, glad, I'm thankful that it says that God, God giveth. I'm glad we serve a giving God. I'm glad that God is a giver. A giver of this grace. Not only that, in, in James 1.17, James 1.17, right over here, it says, every, every good gift and every perfect gift is from where? Above. What about that wisdom that don't come from above? I don't think that's God's gift. See, it, it, that, that's that same, that same thought of from above. The wisdom that comes from above, it says over here, back over here. The wisdom which comes from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated. Full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness sown in peace by them that make peace. Boy, that's good. That's good gifts right there. That's the kind of gifts that come down from above. That's good gifts. And it comes down from the, the Father of lights. It comes down from Him. It's gifts from Him. And He gives. Over in Luke and Matthew both it talks about, if you know how to give good gifts, I can tell you one that can put you to shame. I know who can give good all he ever gives is good gifts. And grace is a gift that he gives. And he, he, and then, so he says he giveth, he giveth more grace. Wherefore he saith God resisteth the proud. Do you know the word resist there? What, that word is oppose. Same thing that we just talked about. If you're an adulterer or adulteress, you are opposed to God. Does that mean that he's opposed to you? Well, it says there that God resisteth or opposed the proud. So does God oppose uh, believers? See, that's a trick question. No one quick trick questions right there. God opposes the proud. Yeah, but I'm a believer under grace. What did it say? Who are we talking to? We're talking to believers. Talking to a believer, talking to a bunch of church people who have a struggle and there's pride issues. Pride, see, all, all this stuff about this messed up inside, it, it all runs back to pride about who I am and who I want to be and who I want people to perceive me to be. You know, me and Thunder talks about this, you know, it's all about perception. Don't matter if I got much to me as long as I can make people think so. I think we talk about that, don't we, sometimes? <sighs> God resists the proud. Listen, <clears throat> this proud, this pride, it, you, you can always go there and find it. i got to hurry. But I, I, I've got to read this in chapter 2 right here in James. This is amazing. James is, if you just read it, read it, read it directly, it's like you become a part of it. And you see, he's addressing all the stuff. But li listen, here's, here's a little thing that goes on evidently in James chapter 2, verse 2. It says, For if there cometh unto you your assembly a man with a gold ring, 
In, well, let's see here. Let me read it. I'm going to read it from the ESV. If a man wearing a gold ring and fine clothing comes into your assembly, and a poor man in shabby clothing also comes in, and if you pay attention to the one who wears the fine clothing and says, Here, you sit here in this good place, while you say to the poor man, You stand over there or just sit down here at my feet. Have you not made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? <laughs> that, that kind of stuff. Hey man, I want to be a part. I want to be a part of the first church of the somebody. I want everybody that's a part of this church. I want them to be somebody. I want them to be affluent people. I would, and if one of them shows up and he's a wealthy man and everybody knows him and he's well known in the community and, and all that man, I'm going to do whatever I can to make him feel here or welcome here because I want him here. Boo on you. See, folks, I want to be a part of that, that first church where everybody is a somebody. Everybody, everybody's a somebody. Don't let me look at somebody and say that's a more affluent person than this one. God don't like that. God's word says don't do that. Are y'all with me? I don't know if I last much longer. Man, this is true stuff. Praise God. That's what he's talking about. We, Rayford Road don't need to be like that, folks. You better, you better care about whoever God sent through those doors. He better be just as special to you as, you know, I don't care who walks through here for Governor Scott or whatever. It don't matter. It doesn't matter, right? That's a pride thing. That's what this spirit that's all messed up and flawed with sin, that's the way it operates. Can y'all say amen? That's what it does. That's what mine will do. That's the reason I have to keep mine in check. Because I'd rather be pleasing to the Lord than be pleasing to the governor. And I'll treat him with respect and I'll, I'll love him like the Lord wants me to love anybody. But he ain't no better than Bernie, that guy that rides the tri-bicycle around my road, up and down my road, picking up cans every day, every day, every day. And I don't... I've, we've, I've tried to talk to him. I think Tonda tried to talk to him about, Lord, I can't figure it. I don't even know if he knows anything. Or, or, but he, he's, it doesn't matter. The governor's no, no better than him. You say, I don't know about that. Well, just take it up with the Lord. Just, you know, I'm just telling you what I feel like the word says. Tonda, ease on up. But I'm going I'm to knock this thing out real quick here, I think. <clears throat> But here, now here, here, I just told you, I've got to do this. I can't quit here now. I thank God for the gift of grace. But I ask you, who gets it? Who gets it? Does he pour his grace out on the prideful? Y'all scared to answer that, ain't you? Does he pour his grace out on the prideful? No, you'll wallow in your pride. And you'll reap what your pride will bring you. Are y'all with me? I don't know, folks. I tell you what, I think I preached better here tonight than I thought I was going to. And it doesn't matter about how good I preach. It's got to be whether it's the truth or not. 
And if I can get the feeling down in my gut that God pleased with me and I'm preaching the truth, I'll preach it to my last breath. Mm. So a believer, keep your pride in check if you want God's grace. I'm not talking about salvation. I'm talking about, hey, how many is going to need grace tomorrow? How many is going to need grace to get to the house? I want God's grace on me. And I don't want to be no prideful slob. God opposes the proud. That's Proverbs 3.34. Remember, when we're depending on self, I'm going to do this quick, we are at the mercy of our fallen base desires and quickly display wisdom that is not from above. That's what that pride that's all, it's right in there. Although, and I wrote, although there's plenty of grace available, it's not poured out on the prideful. There's plenty of grace. There's plenty of grace. Well, I, I, well, I was going to write it down. Like, boy, I tell you, over in Psalms 83, 5, I believe it is. You know, God is good and he's standing right there to forgive and he's plentiful. He's plentiful with mercy. It's there. It's there. But grace is given to the humble. Grace is given to the humble. Yeah, there it is. Psalm 80, 86, 5, right here in front. For thou, Lord, art good and ready to forgive and plenteous in mercy unto, unto all them that call upon thee. See, the prideful, they rest in their own self. It's about them. Self-sufficiency. Pride's wrapped up in self-sufficiency. In self. <clears throat> this term, humble. This term humble is a term, listen to it, it's a term that's rooted in the condition of lowliness and poverty. And we'll find that all through God's, or we'll find that all through God's word. That, well, I, folks, I am in poverty and I am low. I am bankrupt. That's the reason I needed salvation. And I can no more live that life in my own self. I, I'm still, I'm poor, okay? When I do it, I'm poor. I don't do it well. And I just, I quit with this because it, it was so good that I thought this was a good example. King David was a good example of that, that mind, that lowliness, that poverty and lowliness. That's the way he was. He made some mistakes. But that's the way he was, and he was called a man after God's own heart. I will just read these quickly, listen closely, and then we'll, we'll close. First Samuel 18, 18, it said, And David said to Saul, Who am I? Who am I? What is my life or my family's family in uh, or my father's family in Israel that I should be the son uh, the son-in-law of the king see the he knew he was poverty. he didn't he didn't he, he, that was his mindset there I don't belong there and Saul's servant spoke these words in the ears of David and David said seemeth unto you a like thing to be a, the king's son-in-law seeing that I'm a poor man and lightly esteemed I'm a nobody God likes nobodies God likes nobodies that know they're nobodies. <laughs> Woo! God help me. Help me. Help me to realize, Eddie, you're a nobody. But you serve a wonderful God. Yes. And then 2 Samuel. On over there. Whenever God told him, look here, I'm going to build your house and it's going to last forever. And ever. And then the king went... The king David went in and sat before the Lord and he said, Oh, who am I, O Lord God, and what is my house that thou hast brought me hither to? Who am I? The humble, the humble, 
The humble is the ones that can be called men and women after the heart of God. That's where I want it. That's what I want to be. But boy, I have a trouble with Eddie. Only four chapters over after he had sat before the Lord and said, You're going to do that for me. And I, it wasn't but four chapters later, he made the worst mistake of his life. Don't forget what's in you. Amen? Don't forget it. Oh, I would never, I could never do Probably the best thing to do is just don't even say that. Don't even think that. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. And so he had Uriah killed and all that stuff. But did you know what it said? It gives grace to the humble. David came back and repented. Y'all remember that? Oh, God, I know who I am. And I repented and he humbled himself. You know what he found? He found God's grace. But, uh, but before he repented, before he humbled himself, he said these words. When I kept silence, my bones waxed old through the roaring all the day long. I hurt. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My moisture is turned into the drought of summer. God opposes the proud. God opposes those that follow their own base desires that are flawed. Y'all went, that's a boy, I tell you what, thank you, Jesus. Let's stand, if you will, tonight. I thank God for His grace. Where are you? Whose friend are you? I'm opening the altar up. You want to come pray? Please come pray. You, when I, humble yourself. Hey, I want grace tomorrow. Time to go ahead. Oh, sing it. Yeah. I want His grace. And I want to humble myself. I'll humble myself before God and say, God, I want Your grace. I want You to help me. My family, my family needs Your grace. And I'm not ashamed of humble myself before You because I know that it is the humble. It's the humble that that reaps this grace. The believer who humbles himself to, to God. And we'll be looking at that next week. Grace that is greater than all my sin. Grace that was greater than David's sin. Let's sing to it one more time. That grace was greater than David's sin. But David hurt and David struggled and God's hand was heavy on him because God resists the proud believer. But whenever you humble yourself, you find the grace of God that's a relief like you've never can imagine. You can't imagine. Where do we stand? Whose friend are you? Amen. Give him praise. Give him praise. Thank you, Jesus. Boy, don't you love him?